What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, author of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire and Phasma, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Hello, what have we here? A Utini production. Good. Our first catch of the day. Episode number 58, The Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary. Are you stuck up? On this episode, the Living Force enters the world of video. Half-witted. New book releases. Scruffy-looking. And the Utini crew celebrates 40 years of The Empire Strikes Back. Nerf herder! And now, here are your hosts. Who's scruffy-looking? Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Go, 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 go. Working, working. Sweet. All right, Wes, push us when you're ready. Push us live. Uh, Go to Eric. Yep. Obviously. Obviously. All right, Eric, you're on cue. (laughs) We should should probably use the countdown for Wes to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But we're live. (laughs) Hello. All right. Hey, everyone. Oh, my gosh. A brand new setup. A brand new... I almost said brand new show. It's not. We can pretend it is. We put a new new, new, uh, coat of paint on it. But uh, it's still the Living Force Show. Welcome, everyone. Hi to the new reality. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson. And joining me, as always, in this new world is the wonderfully, beautifully backlit Dr. Corey Helton. Oh, my gosh. What's up? I got a new background. New <laughs> lights. Oh, new God. New fancy setup. It's, new camera right there. It's the there ghost it of Mace Windu. It just is. lording <laughs> over you. It right. absolutely is. We also have that luscious voice of Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. What's going on? Oh, and joining us with whole new responsibilities of camera shifting and actual more producing is Wes Jenkins. Hey, dude. It's me. What's up, guys? Oh, my gosh. Well, as I've already said a bunch of times, we are in a whole new setup this week. We have spent this last week doing new camera things, new lighting things, mic things. We are on Twitch. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube, streaming it all through different things than we used to. And Corey is completely calm about it. Isn't that right? That is is not true (laughs) at all. (laughs) I am very nervous about this technological terror that we have created. But, you know, we'll see if it works. Hopefully it will. It will. I'm excited about it. Um, Today, other than our tech stuff, we are also talking... All about The Empire Strikes Back, which just had its 40th anniversary this week. Uh, We all love that movie endlessly. We're going to talk about it later. Uh, I'm sure we'll get your thoughts as well. Looking in the chat right now, we got a bunch of people hanging out with us. We got Timothy T13. We got Joxy. We got Cheryl. We got Heather. We got Meg. uh, We got Trevor. I can't wait to see who else jumps in throughout the night. A few things, though, before we get into Empire later on. Y'all... 
Uh, as you're watching this live on the 24th of May, Sunday night, tomorrow is a very big day in the Star Wars community. It is the second annual, I believe, Make Solo 2 Happen Day. Uh, if y'all are unfamiliar with this, the people at Resistance broadcast every week or so, or no, every year or so, there it is, uh, like to have a day where they get Make Solo 2 Happen trending on Twitter. Because y'all, we need that movie, do we not? Yes. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely want a second solo movie. And I hope that maybe um, the Watiti, Watiti film. Taika Waititi, yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember his name. One day. One day Corey. I want to I call him something Tiki. Just like, uh, Tiki, you know. He's a Tiki, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah. it. I, I want his film to be about Kira and... Uh, like mall and all that kind of good stuff. Like I, I really think there's decent chances that could happen. I would love to see that. So that would be really rad. Yeah, I would. I would love that. I mean, Battle of the Syndicates is my ideal in like a Disney Plus format or like a book or a comic or something. But if they ever do 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 another feature film with Solo Two, that would be great. If they do do another feature film. <laughs> if they do do another feature film. No, they would do do another marketing campaign for a feature film. Let's be honest. <laughs> but tomorrow, uh, if you're on the Twitter, if you're on Facebook. Hashtag make solo two happen. Show your solo love. It will be amazing. And a little shout out to the people that resistance broadcast will be having Jonas Suatimo on their show tomorrow, which is wow. freaking awesome. Chewie yeah, is going on a star Wars podcast. Pretty incredible to be honest. So congratulations to them. Make solo two happen. May 25th. We will definitely be supporting from our end. Corey. At this point yes. in the outline, I said, Twitch Evolution, new format. Do you want to run people down on what all we've done this week, what is yes. coming up in the evolution of this show? Because we have not stopped talking about it in Slack or anywhere else. I would love to do that. So, <laughs> um, you know, we got a new setup, right? I'm in a fancy bat cave looking place. You know, it's, it's very funny. I'm, I'm like watching the cameras change over here on my second monitor, like next to me. And um, like, the stark difference between Charles's like happy lit apartment, like, <laughs> dark gamer gamer setup here is pretty ridiculous. Um, you are all yeah, of the so Sith, and on... I am all of the Jedi, Corey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing has ever been more true on this podcast than that yes. statement. <laughs> yes, absolutely accurate. So, um, let's talk a little bit about what what is happening. So we have uh, we've hinted a little bit here and there that there's a lot of cool new stuff coming down the pipeline, right? Um, we have some big plans for video content um, at Utini, and we're going to be pu putting stuff on YouTube. We're rethinking kind of our live show a little bit, and we, we want to make it more fun for, like, everybody that is involved in the live show, right? So, like, you know, we, we originally kicked this thing off as, you know, we get together, we, we're going to record a podcast, and anyway, well, why don't we live stream it? I'm sure Eric and Charles were super excited when I introduced that gigantic technological Pure terror. elation. I yes, <laughs> yes, giant, um, giant thing inside of a, a huge mess to try to um, live stream this, right? So, you know, we're kind of changing gears a little bit. We, we used to get together to record a podcast, and we're kind of rethinking this as like, why don't we get together and produce a really cool live show? Just just produce a live show, and we make a podcast out of it. So, you know, we're kind of changing uh, changing gears a good deal. We got new camera setups. We got new mic setups. Uh, we used some Utini money finally to... Uh, buy a whole bunch of cool gear for everybody. So we're all getting fancy new equipment and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah. on that note, a shout out to all our patrons who one, we love all the time. You guys have been amazing supporting this community, but literally your support of, of this channel, of this website, of this whole world 
is what's going to be able to allow us to go forward. So a massive thank you guys. Uh, and we hope that you like what we're going to be making in just a second. Uh, another shout out. We got Mr. Ruddle over on Twitch. We got Carl uh, saying holy mood lighting to Corey. He is <laughs> loving it as we are as well. Thank you all so much. A couple of Patreon updates. Speaking of our patrons, uh, for our Legends Look Back friends, Truce at Bakura is coming soon. We've talked about that for a couple weeks now. That is the next Legends Look Back book, so keep an eye out on the feed for that. And as always, Charlie and I are releasing Ghost Crew episodes all about Rebels every single week on Wednesday. Uh, We are about seven episodes in right now. Support on that show has been so great. I love just sitting back and listening to Charlie talk because she's so much smarter than I am, and I love it. Uh, and if you are new to this, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts and also over on Twitch where we're going to be live every Sunday, Monday, Saturday. We'll see. Uh, and please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Help people find us and head over to utini.com for reviews, articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. Corey, do me a favor. Tell us yes. about book news that's coming up later this week or next week even. Yes, so we have some big stuff coming out, right? Uh, we have uh, Queen's Peril is finally going to hit the market on June 2nd. Uh, Eric and I have both been tackling that book a good deal. You've already finished it, haven't you, Eric? I did, uh, but, yeah, I, finished but I finished it, it like, a, yeah, like back in January. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've like just barely started it finally, which I'm really enjoying it so far, so that's going to be really exciting. Uh, then we have, right after Queen's Peril, just like literally a couple weeks after that, we have the second Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall is coming out, and that's on June 23rd. So Oof. we have a ton of stuff coming right down the pipeline. And then, honestly, guys, after, after we get Queen's Peril – like looking at the release schedule, it's just like boom, 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 back to back stuff. I don't even know how we're going to get through all this content so quickly. Yeah, because we are doing all these shows. We're talking about all these books. We'll be doing roundtables, and we won't even be hitting the High Republic yet, uh, yeah. which is you know the biggest thing this year in all Star Wars. I think I'm gonna, uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna say that. Maybe Clone, <laughs> yes. well, end of Clone Wars, I'd say, but going forward. I think we have all that to look forward to. A reminder to all y'all, we do roundtables on those books 30 days after release. So make sure that a month after you read Queen's Peril and Shadowfall, we are talking about it. Uh, another quick book news. Uh, the Star Wars show is continuing to do book clubs every single Friday. Last week was Resistance Reborn. Or this week is going to be Resistance Reborn. One of those two. They've done the Queen's Shadow, Alphabet Squadron, Resistance Reborn. A bunch of really great canon novels that we love here so go check them out they have author interviews there as well which is really rad and last thing on our book news we're gonna have a review of the art of star wars rebels which is a book that people waited for god two years for uh we got a review by our very own meg dowell that's gonna be coming up on utini very shortly so keep an eye on the site for that all right let's dive into our book reviews everyone uh each week we like to take some reviews over from utini.com by you our listeners, our viewers, and read them right here on the show. So I wanted to start out by saying we got three five-star reviews for Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray in the last week. Uh, so rather than reading one at a time, I'm going to go a sentence from each. Catherine re- re- reviewed it. Five stars said, honestly, this is one of my favorite books I've ever read, Star Wars or otherwise. Lando said, this book was one of the best experiences I've had reading. It took me everywhere until I, f- I took it with me everywhere until I finished it. And Kyle said, not much needs to be said to get you to read this book. If you like Star Wars, you will like this novel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I think is pretty, pretty true. Guys, have you, 
hurt anyone that doesn't like Master and Apprentice. It seems like an insane idea to me. No, no I've not. I, Master and Apprentice is my favorite book. Like it, my favorite canon book. Like I've said that before in the show, and I'm still sticking to that. Like I absolutely loved it. I finished it in two settings or sitting sittings, two sittings, one setting, two sittings. <laughs> <You wanna> know, <laughs> yeah, it, you want to know the two words that are the reason that it is such a fan favorite book? I really do, Charles. <laughs> not Obi Wan. For those of you that were <gasps> expecting that, no, oh. Rail Avaros. <laughs> You're Rail goddamn Avaros. right it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's like Star Wars Wes's cousin. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Why are you uh, so love, hard, Eric? love that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Let me say, let me take that back. Um, that's a very good point. Uh, funny joke. Well done. Moving yes. forward. Um, funny joke. Corey, you want to take our second review from Tony? Yes, second review from Tony. Tony reviewed Tarkin uh, by James Luceno. He gave this book five stars. He called it an excellent read about a brilliant tactician. This book is what I expect when reading about a character in a different universe. It talks about what shaped him growing up, his rise to power, his struggles, etc. You get into his mind and understand how he looks at the Emperor and Vader. You also get a bit of fun adventure tossed in. One of my favorite Star Wars novels. I enjoy novels focused on fun adventures and Jedi and Sith, too. But when exploring a certain character like this book does, I thought it did so outstandingly. Out of the 10 or so Star Wars books I've read, this is probably my favorite so far. And that was uh, Tarkin. Five stars. Dang. I, yeah. I, I realize I kind of just throw you all the Luceno reviews, but I don't think you mind. <laughs> no, I don't mind. <laughs> I, lo- I love Luceno. I mean, I've said that he's, you know, uh, one of my favorite authors. I think I've said before on the show he is my favorite author, but, man, things change and your opinions yeah. change and those sorts of things. We and evolve. Like, we grow. We learn. That's right. Claudia that's Gray right, writes right. more books. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I, I do enjoy the depth of Luceno's books, and uh, Tarkin is is very very good. I think it is the one of the better Luceno books, right? Like we have the Dark Lord trilogy. He writes he writes one of those, um, and then uh, obviously Plagueis is super good. Mm-hmm. But Tarkin is great. Have you guys read Tarkin? I haven't. It, it was one of those. I got that Rise of the Empire uh, double like uh-huh. giant paperback they released. That had a yes. new dawn, some short stories, and Tarkin in it. And I honestly ended up reading neither one of those because it was so big and laborious to lug around. Um, and then I ended up buying them both in paperback. And I've read A New Dawn, but I haven't gotten back to uh, Tarkin yet. What about you, Charles? Have you read that one? Yeah, no, it's on my shelf. It's one I've been waiting to read. But all these new releases, man, they're keeping me busy. So I don't I think know. it's going to happen in the next few months. Well, yeah, you know, there there are a few uh, canon books that sort of just, like, slip under the radar for a lot of people, and Tarkin is certainly one of those. Like, uh, Phasma is another one that slips under the radar, I think, yeah. for a lot of folks. Like, people just don't know that they like, – they know they exist, but they just never get around to reading them for whatever reason. And honestly, man, these character study books are absolutely phenomenal because, like, you just – there's so much growth that can happen in one book on a single character. And, like, you, you get all of Tarkin's I – mean, it's pretty much his origin story, right? I mean, you get mm-hmm. him as a kid. You get him when you first join the Empire. Like, he's from, like, this backwater planet with a lot of really crazy sort of brutal traditions. Like, it's, it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. So definitely, definitely uh, let's talk about Tarkin. Uh, <laughs> uh, over in the chat, does someone mention short stories? Uh, for our good buddy Trevor Davey, who is the master of short stories over at Utini. Uh, and, of course, Meg, under her Phasma Forever name, saying, Read Phasma if you haven't. Uh, because, absolutely agree, we love these character stories. Another shout-out to Queen's Peril coming up very soon. Charles, you want to round us out with a review from Ross G. about the Old Republic Deceived, please? Sure. Yeah, Corey gets all of the Lucina reviews, and I get all of the Paul S. Kemp reviews. 
maybe? Yeah, exactly. You're the Paul S. Kemp guy. That's what I'm everyone the Kemp says guy. about you. <laughs> so Ross That's my favorite G. Billie Eilish song, The Kemp Guy. <laughs> so Ross G, he reviewed The Old Republic Deceived by Paul S. Kemp, gave it four stars, and says, maybe Forrest Colts aren't the answer. I disagree. Uh, the Old Republic <laughs> Deceived was a story I knew nothing about going in, but quickly realized it was going to be a ton of fun. I assumed it would be a sequel to Revan, since both books bear the Old Republic banner before the title. But due to the large time gaps between the two stories, you might be able to make some assumptions of connections between the two, but nothing is directly confirmed. This book is about a Jedi and a Sith, both of whom realize the order they serve may not be what they thought it was. The entire story takes place against the backdrop of peace negotiations between the Jedi and Sith on Alderaan, a Sith attack on the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and a father trying to buy prosthetic legs for his incapacitated daughter. I really enjoyed this one and would recommend it to anyone who likes Jedi, Sith, or Coruscant. I'm not going to lie, that last bit caught me a little bit off guard. I read this book a long time ago, but I forgot about the prosthetic (laughs) legs. (coughs) Oddly, oddly, not uncommon in the Star Wars universe, right? I was, I was thinking that. I was watching uh, Empire, of course, in honor of the anniversary the other day. And when Luke gets the hand at the end, I really had to take a second and be like, "Oh my god, there are so many prosthetic limbs in Star Wars!" Like yeah, e- almost really every are. movie, most books. Like that's right. It's not that big of a deal. Like they get their hand chopped off when they're like, "Oh man, oh, I gotta make a doctor's appointment." Like I feel like We're- that's the vibe. <laughs> yes accurate we're gonna have to work that into the medical episode in the future oh my gosh yes the how prosthetics are worked into the the star wars community does insurance cover all prosthetics or like to get the flesh tone do you need like a higher level of insurance uh like do you only get the blades in some case what if you want a cannon instead of a hand yeah it's yeah it's exactly what it's gonna be like like um i'm trying to think what what is that i'm trying is it like is it the Peter Pan? What what is that movie with with the guy? He's got the prosthetic like 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 a hook or something, and he changes his hook like eight times in the movie. Oh, I'm, I thought you were. I'm like Captain Hook. I'm like Corey. That's very famous. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, I, I know li- what you're I'm talking to, about. There's a live action version of it. I think. I think yeah. It's, is it Pan? Maybe it's called Pan. It might. I haven't be seen it. it in years. I don't know. That suddenly came to my mind because he specifically has this one with like two of them. You know what I'm talking about? He's got like yeah. two hooks. Yeah, yeah. Joxy yeah. says hook. I don't. I don't know. I can't okay. remember which one it is. Yeah, it's hook because uh, it's 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 Dustin Hoffman is hook, I believe, and he has like the big uh, uh thing that he opens up, and he's got all the different hooks, and he takes it out, and he gets to pick which one he yes. wants. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay, hook. Yeah, all right. Joxy, all right. coming Thank in you. hot with yes, with, coming in hot with excellent. hook. Rufio, God, I watched Hook in a hot minute. I haven't either. Excellent, excellent movie. <laughs> um, but also <laughs> I wanted to say back on the Star Wars train for just a quick second before we go back to Hook talk. Uh, Ross, thank you at the end of the review for recommending uh, some things that people could go forward with. Like if they like Jedi, Sith, Coruscant, that's super cool. That's kind of what we try to do with all of you, Teeny, with our reading guides and stuff is to say, hey, if you like this area of Star Wars, check out this book. So awesome recommendations there. And if you want your reviews on Utini, go ahead, look up your book on the site, scroll down to the bottom. You can add a star rating, a user review. You can email us at livingforcepod at utini.com. Tweet at us at livingforcepod and join our Utini Discord community. The best place to find us by going to utini.com slash discord. And we'd love to read all your thoughts on this very show. Corey, one more thing before we go to a break and talk about Empire. You mentioned video earlier. You mentioned we were thinking about doing video content. You mentioned some stuff is happening. Now, let me give you the floor 
to talk about the multiple Slack channels, the multiple new people that have been added, the multiple tests, the hundreds of messages that have been going on all this week. What's going yes. on with video? I would love to talk about that, Eric. So I've been on night shift uh, from, uh, you know, you guys have heard me say I'm doing like basically 40 days of night shift, five days on, five days off. Uh, our residency has changed around our schedule a whole bunch, and this is what we got right now. Um, I sort of got the short end of the stick, but I got a lot of night shift. But that's been okay because uh, we've been relatively uh, kind of low low census, not a whole lot of patients on board to take care of at night. So it's been relatively quiet. You know, you get yelled at if you say that in residency. Like, you're not supposed to talk about how quiet it is. I'm sure Charles <laughs> will agree with that. But, um, yeah, it's been relatively quiet, which has given me a lot of time to work on stuff. And uh, basically, we, we've been planning to do some video content, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, but because I've been like all this free time we've basically been able to really rapidly blow, blow through like four weeks worth of work in like three days um it's been really really incredible so let's talk about this what does video content look like for utini.com so there's a lot of big stuff coming down the top pipeline i did an open call you guys might have gotten my email um or seen my message in discord we're looking for you know video hosts editors producers writers we have we have hired basically an entire production team to work on utini video which um is super super exciting um like there's there's such a huge spectrum of content on youtube between um you know like vlogger who's just kind of like with their own iphone versus like star wars show which is like tv and we want to be somewhere in between those uh of like super high-end content that's really well scripted the actors are really good the lighting's really good the set's really good and we've put together an absolutely phenomenal team um to do that like we've been doing a lot of tests back and forth and it's it's incredible it's incredible um Really, really excited to see what, what, what things are going to look like. So basically what we're going to do is, is sort of video content to accompany basically all of our written content. So everything from book reviews, uh, the guides on the site, um, you know, we're going to do a lot of really big, huge stuff like, uh, you know, what books should you read first, those types of things. Like you already do on utini.com, you're going to format those for YouTube and that sort of thing. We'll probably also embed them on our site. So it's, it's going to be really exciting. Um, the, the tests we've already done look absolutely phenomenal. Um, Eric has given everybody acting tips, which has been fun. Um, yeah, that, that's, it's been a great time to be able to like take away the power of all the people that crippled me as an up and coming actor and made me feel really <laughs> inadequate and be like, you know what, actually, let's make sure that our video hosts are nurtured and given good notes. But like, seriously, they're already doing so well. Uh, there's already yeah. so many cool things that are happening. And it's, it's literally incredible to me the amount of tests that they're churning out. Like, we will ask for a video test on something, and then 10 minutes later, we'll get a fully rendered thing that was scripted, put together, fully lit, and being asked for notes. So, we want to make sure that we do enough tests so that by the time it gets to you, our audience, it is really great. You can be proud to watch it and share it with people um, <clears throat> because we want to make sure that you are respecting the quality that we put out for you. Yeah, and it it always really bothers me when, when you hear companies talk about things that are coming soon, everything's coming soon, this is this is coming soon, right? I I can give you some loose deadlines. And we're kind of looking at like maybe a mid July uh, mid to late July sort of launch with some of our first content. It could happen sooner. It could happen later. You know, we're all volunteers with real jobs and stuff here. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we, we'll see. Um, it's, it's on the very close horizon though, um, to get some of that stuff out. So I mean, I'm really excited. I've wanted to do video content since I started Utini, but the barrier to entry is so dang high. Mm -hmm. Like with video, you gotta have good equipment. You gotta have good camera people. Um, and I don't fit the bill of any of those except for lighting. I have lighting. <laughs> that's all I got. Well, that's the funny thing. You're like, you remind me of, um, uh, it's Tony Stark in, was it an Avenger? Is it the first Avengers movie that they're like, when did you come become an expert in uh, nuclear physics? And he goes last night. 
And yes. I'm like, that's you on night shift. That is how all this stuff starts. It is. It is. Uh, we were talking, there's this YouTuber that we've been watching a lot of stuff of. Um, he's got a lot of really great videos. And I was talking with folks, and I was like, man, this guy hasn't released any new video content in ages. Like, I don't understand. Like, is this channel still active? And I checked the date, and it was. Like, you released a, a thing last week. And that was when I realized that I've watched three years worth of content in, like, four days of, of, of one channel. So I get kind of manic when I do this sort of stuff, and I just read as much as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, I make stuff happen really fast. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. But... I'm sure that it stresses <laughs> the hell out of everybody, though. Because, no, like, no, right, guys? Charles, we're great. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man, wake wake up and there's like a hundred messages. I do love the giant Slack message that comes out at three forty nine a.m. that has like bullet points and links, and it's like a very <laughs> it's like a giant company wide email Slack, and it's like oh cool, and then I can wake up and do that, and by the time Corey wakes up the second time, we're all on the same page. Yes, exactly it, exactly it. But yeah, we're we're starting to bring you guys that stuff, uh, and we'll keep you posted every step of the way so between live stream stuff video stuff we're going to be doing the same thing you guys already love talking about star wars books none of that's going away we're just going to make it bigger and bigger and bigger because honestly the content that we get demands it like the amount of books we're getting the amount of comics that we're getting at this level demand this level of dedication and we're going to freaking give it to you all right on that really aggressive note uh, I I will admit. Um, we, we're going to take a slightly earlier break. When we come back, we are diving into all things Empire Strikes Back. See you in a sec. Hey, what's up? I'm Dr. Michael Hilton. I'm a content creator for Utini, and I am a Star Wars nerd. I think I first noticed I had a problem in 1997 when I saw the re-release of Episode Four in theaters. Right after I started spending my allowance on Star Wars action figures and... Uh, <laughs> It was kind of a slippery slope from there. Legos, video games, posters for my room. My life just kind of spiraled for the next 20 years. The day after a particularly hard binge of all 11 films, I realized that maybe I needed help. That's where Utini came in. The community took me in, cleaned me up, and showed me how to manage my love of Star Wars. I learned things like how to budget for new books and how to set boundaries with Star Wars fans on Twitter. Now I can talk with Star Wars nerds just like me who know what I've gone through because they've been there too. If you or someone you know is struggling to manage their love of Star Wars, send them to Utini. Our dedicated team will work to get them back on their feet and make them a productive member of the galaxy. Because at Utini, we put the emphasis on the you. Thanks for listening. And we are back! Hello, everyone! Welcome back to the Living Force! Uh, we are here today laughing and giggling like schoolchildren and talking about The Empire Strikes Back, which celebrated its 40th anniversary this past week. That's kind of crazy that that movie is 40 years old. Did you guys watch Empire on the 40th or like within the last week in celebration? I totally meant to. I 100% meant to, but I, I didn't for some reason. I guess it just totally slipped by. And then I saw your Instagram post the next morning when I was at the hospital, Eric, and I was like, damn it, I should have watched Empire last night. Why didn't I do that? I don't know. Charles, did you do any better than Corey, I'm, who I'm just say, decided to hate on it? I'm going to say a little less creatively, no, I didn't watch it. Uh, I should have too, but no, I didn't get around to it. You know what? I celebrate Empire well, year-round. You're round. Oh, see, there you go. That's that's the correct answer. I would say <laughs> is that we we actually want to celebrate Empire Strikes Back every single day. 
We want to love it in all our hearts and our souls. Uh, but for those of you that did watch Empire, it's wonderful to see that it's 40 years old. Um, and what I did this week, I jumped into our Patreon and I asked our patrons, hey, what does The Empire Strikes Back mean to you? If you had to summarize it in like one sentence, if you had to summarize it in a word, what would you say? And I just wanted to share some of those thoughts with all you guys. Uh, first off, we had Cheryl who said, I'm going to go shallow and simply say Empire introduced me to my first character crush that lasts to this day. Han Solo. I fell in love with him when I was five. Which, I don't think it's shallow at all. I think that's uh, a completely rational thing to do. What do you think, Corey? I totally agree. Like, <laughs> it's Han Solo. What are you going to do? I know. I know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I absolutely love Han Solo. And his his entire role in Empire is fantastic. Like, he starts off the film with, like, uh, like he's getting the hell out of there, right? Yeah. Like, He's like, what, what does he say? He says, he's like, uh, I got a like, job of the hut's got a price on my head. And like, said, oh, it's like, like, oh, yeah, death well, mark is an easy to live with. Like, it, right. oh, it's such yeah. a good, like, man friendship moment. Like, oh, I get you. I, I understand. Know. Yeah, he totally does. Like, he, he's the same Han Solo, right? Like, Han Solo, yes, he was the hero at the end of A New Hope, but like, he comes into Empire, like, the same Han Solo that he always was, right? Like, he's yeah. this sort of not totally, like, in with the rebels yet like he's he's totally still that scoundrel i'm not the good guy you know what i mean so. yeah well and we talked about this at our han solo episode a couple a little while back like who's your han and i said empire was like my han that's when i think of han solo the the han solo from empire strikes back is who i think about which is i i wonder how unique that is you know what i mean yeah Absolutely. Um, but great great thought from Cheryl there. Uh, Trevor also jumped in and said, the whole movie is about one thing and one thing alone, humility. Cocky Dak is dead. Ambitious Vader is thwarted. Know-it-all Luke brought down a peg or two. Braggadocious Han meets his mm. match. Boba Fett or Leia, take your pick from there. Exiled ex-leader of the entire freaking Jedi Order is living in a hut in a swamp and eating God's knows what to survive. Like... It's all about kind of humility and bringing all our heroes down, which I honestly never thought about before, but it's a great freaking point, Trevor. Yeah, that is a, a beautiful line of thinking. And, you know, just to comment on one specific piece of that, too, I've always wondered what Yoda was eating in that in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, I love that Luke went to Dagobah and he had, like, his mobile charger, a power bar, and some Tic Tacs. Like, that is, yeah. in, that is in every Rebel pilot's X-Wing. Yes, like it's that's all he's got, and and it, the food is like gross too because Luke tries it and it's like it's it's gross. We right? we, we knew it was that? gross, like it's, man. He was willing to fight R two D two over that power bar over some granola. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I absolutely love that. Great point, Trevor. Uh, Adam Dyson, our buddy from Australia, says simply, "Empire Strikes Back." Technically, Anakin is in it. For our for our very own Stanikin, that's his favorite part about Empire. Technically, Anakin is technically in it. Anakin is in it. Absolutely, uh, I I completely look at Anakin and Vader as is entirely different people. Much but, like Vader himself. I, that's <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, that's one of my favorite things. Speaking of uh, the dichotomy of Anakin Vader, if you've read Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, you'll know that in the Vader parts of the book, when he's hanging out with Thrawn, in his own inner monologue, he talks about Anakin as the Jedi. So he doesn't even acknowledge that he used to be that person. He acknowledges the Jedi in his past, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Camilla, she says, Empire always takes me back to being a little girl, watching it for the first time. I used to be so afraid of it. Vader was scary. Everything went wrong, and still it feels really hopeful in the end. 
It's the first movie that made me scared of what can happen to any main character, and at the same time showed me how even in the darkest times, there is always hope. Yeah, rebellions are built on hope. That's right. There's a recurring theme of hope, particularly in Empire, um, but I guess all throughout Star Wars. But, you know, I totally agree that you you see uh, you see the big character arcs i think really start to come about in empire which is why it's probably widely considered the best star wars film like yeah it's because we we have we have characters that were introduced in the first film that really sort of come into their own in empire like from the beginning to the end like luke goes off and does his own thing with yoda uh han and leia or like the romance is kind of coming about like it's it's just such a beautiful film. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Well, hey, on that note, uh, Timothy Dunlap said, Empire Strikes Back was the first Star Wars movie I ever watched on VHS, and I later saw A New Hope on VHS. At first, I didn't even know there was more Star Wars. A New Hope felt like a prequel that I'd watch after the Star Wars movie. My sister and I wore that VHS out, and I tried building a Lego Millennium Falcon out of spare bricks and did this many times. When I later saw Return of the Jedi, it was like the bigger and badder sequel to the Star Wars movie. Han slipping the Falcon through the asteroid field is the reason I became a pilot and the reason I worked toward that goal in the Navy. It's always been the biggest part of my life, and only until very recently have I seen any other Star Wars movies even close to the number of times I've seen Empire. Which brings me to a question for you guys. Um, how many times have you seen Empire? Like, Is that one of your most rewatchable ones, or do you kind of save it oh for God, the more, yes. like, yeah? Yeah, I certainly watch Empire more than I watch any other Star Wars film. Like, you guys have heard me say that I, uh, you know, it's probably part of my uh, random, <laughs> I really shouldn't say mania on a live show. I don't have a diagnosis of anything. Guys. At least Just three times, record. maybe. Only yeah, say it twice. Know. Now you're still good. <laughs> I have a lot of insomnia, right? Like, Eutini mm. uh, keeps me up at night. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Aw, thanks, buddy. Mostly you, Eric. I, know. I just I get thinking about you, man. It's just you know. Well, it's only just, because I'm standing in the corner watching you sleep all the time. That's at, yes, accurate, accurate. But you know, I get insomnia, <laughs> and I and I watch Star Wars a lot, right? And Empire is one of the ones that I I pick up and watch the most. I think just because I think it has maybe the most rewatch value out of any Star Wars film. I don't know. Is that too controversial to say? I love it. I watch Empire over and over again. It's like putting my brain on like a tape. I, I can just play it in my head. It's I, I've seen it probably. Oh my god! I just remembered this. I quoted Empire in my wedding vows. Actually, wait, which, wait, which part? Uh, okay, I didn't quote this, Empire. This I specifically... deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I specifically wait. Wait, said... in sickness and in health, I am altering the deal. Pray do not alter it further. <laughs> yeah, I specifically said something along the lines like. I promise it was this whole list of like promises, you know, you, how yeah, you know, vows, vows right? weddings, that vows, stuff. weddings. You know, I promise to do this and this and this. Then you get married, none of that ever happens. Yeah, so right. you know, <laughs> uh, so I, I promise to only watch Empire, I think, seventeen times a year, no more than seventeen times a year. Is Does it feel good sure. to lie on your wedding day, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Does that but, feel yes. good to lie? Yes, apparently. Uh, Charles, what about you? How does Empire rank in your rewatchability levels for Star Wars movies? It's high. It's very high. It's, um, <laughs> you know, Empire is on any given day probably my favorite movie. It's one of, it's, it's actually my earliest memory, okay, is watching Empire on VHS uh, in my childhood home. And I think I must have just burned through that tape over the years. It may be the one that I've watched the most, probably... Since the prequels come out, came out, I, I've watched episode three more than any other. But 
It's absolutely right. I mean, the rewatch value is so high. There's so much drama. It's the movie of the original trilogy where, like, our heroes lose, right? Like, episode four was not supposed to be episode four. It was, I mean, it it was presented as a story in and of itself, and maybe it wasn't going to succeed, so it had to be self-contained. And the rebellion is victorious. Of course, they win at the end of the original trilogy as well with episode six, but five is when everyone finds himself in their deepest, darkest place. And that's just the most interesting part, I think, of most stories, is when you see your your favorite characters, your heroes, kind of in that setting. Man, actually, on that, I want to go through our last two comments that we got from our patrons and then add my own, because it exactly ties to that. Uh, our buddy Timothy T13, who I know is hanging out, said, Empire simply reminds me that we can't win without our friends. And James added, Empire taught me that friendship and family are interchangeable when the connection is deep, and it's okay to have a sad ending. And, you know, as you were talking about that, Charles, I thought to myself, what are my favorite movies in each trilogy? And it's Revenge of the Sith, Empire, and Last Jedi. And I think I'm realizing, like, all three of those kind of end with either a decimation of a it's bunch tragedy. of people or tragedy. Yeah. So you work in theater, Eric, of course your favorite genre is tragedy. You know, I love it when the sadness is real and I can feel the pain of my heroes. Um, but I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I really do feel that empire has a ton of rewatch value lately. Um, I'm kind of similar to Charles. I will turn on a revenge of the Sith a lot. If I just need something in the background, rogue one and solo are actually two of my most rewatched lately. Um, but Empire, if I just want to like watch a true Star Wars, Star Wars movie, you know what I mean? Like I will, I will turn it on. No question. So on that note, I actually want to go into asking you guys straight up. We don't talk about rankings a lot on this show. We kind of stay away from that. It's very controversial. Where does Empire rank for you at this point? It's, it's 745 Eastern on a Sunday night. (laughs) Where is Empire in your Star Wars rankings? Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that you you put it that way because we've we've not really talked about this a whole lot on the show. But you guys shouldn't be surprised by this. Is like your rankings should change always. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's there's not a right and wrong way to to like Star Wars, right? We talk no. about that a lot. Like there's not a there's not a bad ranking of the film. So like you know our rankings all should change like on any given day. Um, you know, we like different movies differently. Um, to answer your question, Eric, where does empire fall for fall for me? It is number two on my list. Rogue one is my favorite film. Empire mm-hmm. is my second favorite film. I absolutely love empire. Charles. What about you? At, at, at now it's seven forty six on Sunday night. Where is empire for you? Yeah, on any given day, Empire can be my number one or probably my number two. That's honestly probably about as low as it drops. Right this second, it's number one. I mean, this is a celebration of Empire. <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> I like oh, it. Oh, God, I love it. I, I think at this moment, I'm going to say it's my number two as well. Uh, that's also as low as it falls. Like, It's always right up there. It's such quintessential Star Wars, and I freaking love it. Uh, on that note, what are some of our favorite moments in the film like it's full of so many iconic right right like you got the battle of hoth itself you got the freaking the bounty hunters on the death star or on uh you got the bounty hunters on vader's ship getting their orders you got uh meeting lando for the first time you got vader appearing you got the carbonite scene i love you i know vader and luke like if you had to pick mm. one two or three moments i'll even give you that mm. I'll, I'll be flexible because i'm a nice guy like that uh, what are some of your favorite moments in The Empire Strikes Back when you think about that film? I mean, let's get the obvious things out of the way first. The the Carbonite Chamber, that entire scene, the I Love You, I Know, 
it is so iconic. So much character development is done with like three lines of dialogue. It's incredible. Obviously, you know, the I love you and the I know. And then Han asking Chewie to look after Leia when he knows uh, that he's going to get frozen. Oh princess. I mean, those, uh. those three lines right there did so much for those characters. There's so much growth there. So that's always going to be in my top three. All right, love yeah. that. Corey, what about you, man? Those, you, you took away a lot of high oh, ones. Oh, man, he really uh, did. <laughs> real quick, uh, uh, T13 is heading out. Uh, thanks for hanging out, dude. Hope you have a great rest of your evening, and we're going to keep on doing this show. Uh, Corey, what do you think, man? My uh, my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, period, is when, when Yoda teaches Luke about the Force for the first time. Like that entire yeah. that entire bit on 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 Dagobah is absolutely my favorite part of all of Star Wars, and he explains what the Force is and he, why he he's like he's like the rock, the tree, the ship. The Force flows through everything. Like, oh man, I love it. It's so mystical. And even looking at the behind the scenes stuff, that entire all of the stuff on Dagobah was was filmed in this in this indoor warehouse. It was basically just Mark Hamill, like acting with a puppet <laughs> for. Yeah. Just hours and hours and hours every single day. Who endowed like, that puppet was so like Frank Oz talks about. It, even though he was the one that was manipulating Yoda, he's like Mark's performance gives Yoda life. Because if Mark do- doesn't act like that puppet is real, then it's not. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just such quintessential Star Wars. Like the the use of the props all the way through all that. Like Luke's failure to really grasp what the Force is. Uh, Yoda like it goes from this being this crazy little hermit to being this wise, you know teacher and it's just so it's it's so rich like the lore yeah. there is just so absolutely rich and you know it doesn't it doesn't water down the force like like it doesn't really say he doesn't really say anything about the force but he mm-hmm. also says everything about the force like we learn everything that we need to know about how the force works it connects everyone it, it flows through us it's like the an ever binding uh, like force. I mean, that's what it is, and yeah. I absolutely love love Yoda explaining all that. And even to this day, hearing the music, if I just mm-hmm. hear the 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 riff mm-hmm. of Yoda, um, the stuff from from Empire, man, I just get I just get so emotional. I love that so much. Yeah, beautiful choices in the chat here. Looking at Juliana mentions a couple when Luke is hanging from Cloud City and Leia comes to save him at the mm. end. Absolutely beautiful, and like again, expanding that to make us all think. Okay, wait. How is Leia connected to Luke? Is she in in the forest? Like the fact that people had three years to think about that is is nuts. Um, she also talks about Hoth, uh, which is one of my favorites. I want to talk about that in just a second. The Leia and Han scenes are great. Cheryl talks about seeing the flicker of compassion in Vader for Luke when talking to the Emperor. Like he has that little little pause where the Emperor is like, he, "We need to destroy him," and Vader goes like, "Well, what if we turn him instead?" Wouldn't that be a good idea? Like, you'd totally see that Vader's already trying to protect him, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Um, for my money, I'm going to add in uh, the uh, taking down the AT-ATs is is oh, just yeah. awesome. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the thing that every kid watching that movie immediately wanted to go out in the backyard and try, like, tie up your friends with a giant rope and make them fall down. Um, <laughs> maybe that was the me. Origin, I don't know. Pretty, the origin of table talking. absolutely i love that um also like everything with lando and han i mean how how lando introduces himself on that landing platform with han is so iconic and you know exactly who this guy is immediately i love that um and then of course lando flipping at the end and turning on the stormtroopers and evacuating the city and actually being the good guy is really cool 
Um, Will Rowe Hood running with that ice cream maker. Let us never forget. <laughs> you know, oh, an underappreciated shot is actually the very last shot that we see with with uh, Luke and Leia looking out the window of the ship that they're in, and you can see that galaxy. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't even say anything right there at the end, but it's like such a powerful shot. Yep. I could not imagine sitting on that until Return of the Jedi. That's incredible. It's amazing. Well, you know what? Here at the Living Force, we celebrate the fact that we don't really have to sit on Star Wars anymore because it is continuously being created, continuously being published. So, guys, let's talk about The Empire Strikes Back in the Expanded Universe. First of all, let's talk about it in the canon, where, honestly, it's really being focused on in the comics right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you guys don't know, if you're not a huge comic reader, in 2020, there was a massive relaunch of the Star Wars canon comics. 2019 ended with an issue called Empire Ascendant Number 1 and the Destination Hoth comics. Because up until then, from 2015 on, most of your major canon comics are covering between A New Hope and Empire. The main Star Wars line, the main Darth Vader line until they went to Dark Lord of the Sith, a couple other ones are all filling in those gaps between A New Hope and Empire. Then they all merged, we got to Hoth, 2020 we started back new. With Star Wars Number 1 and Darth Vader Number 1, they relaunched in a post-Empire time which really we haven't touched so much. So why do you guys think we haven't really gotten a lot of post-Empire pre-Return of the Jedi in canon so far outside of these comics? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like it's just it's it's already pretty well developed, I guess. I mean, the flow into Return of the Jedi feels pretty natural, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like you know our heroes have been off doing their thing for a couple months, a couple years. What's the time between Empire and and Rajay? Is it like it's a few months at least, right? Is I it a full it's year? Years. Yeah, it's, Is it I years? it's a couple okay. years because it's it's four ABY, right? And Empire is two ABY. Is that correct? Maybe it um, is a longer period of time. Yes, yeah, it, it is. It's, a, it's got a while because even in uh, in the Star Wars comic right now, that's Charles Soule is writing, uh, so you know it's really good. Um, he already has the rebels meeting up at various different points post battle of Hoth and going out on separate missions. Like there's enough time for them to go out on separate missions, meet back up. Luke is doing his own thing, trying to find his lightsaber again. Like there's all these separate things that have to meet up before return of the Jedi. So there's a bit yeah. of time. Uh, Jake says in on the Twitch stream, Mr. Ruddle himself says six months. He puts out there. Six so months. at okay. least six months up to three years. <laughs> Somewhere between. Please tweet at us angrily about how wrong we are. We would love to read it. <laughs> but there's a while, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good question that I don't think there's a good answer for, honestly, because, you know, Star Wars has never been hindered by the fact that we know where the characters in a certain time period <laughs> end up, right? And, right, exactly. And after Empire, I mean, like I mentioned, we see all of our characters in a way, in their lowest points. And so there's so much drama. There's so much good storytelling that that can be done there. And we're seeing that in the comics now. I think it's been overlooked over the years, really, just because we're so interested in, oh, what's next, what's next, what's next, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how Legends grew out of the films. Right. Uh, and, and so I think we maybe got on a one-track mind in respect to that. But I'm really glad that we're backtracking. We're seeing that with the prequels. We're seeing that with the post-Empire era now. And we're getting fantastic stories. No question. And if you are a fan of some other uh, sequel trilogy characters, like, say, Kes Dameron, Shara Bay, Poe's parents, uh, they have started to pop up a lot in the new Star Wars comic, which, again, are being delayed a bit because of the COVID crisis. So things like the Marvel comics coming out have been delayed a smidge, but they're going to come back pretty soon. 
uh, and you're definitely going to want to jump on those. In a future episode, we are for sure going to be covering the modern comics uh, because there are so many bomb drops that are happening uh, in those. A little earlier, we did a comics roundup. I got to say, what do you think, five, six, seven episodes ago? Didn't we do that one of those yeah, recently? We, uh, was it? Well, we did a we did, Kylo yeah, episode Rise a couple of Kylo a while back. I, I think it's been a while since we've done a, a true comics yeah. comics episode, though. Yeah, well, I t- well I'll tell you what. We're gonna plan. We're gonna have a business meeting on the show right now. I think that um, right around the time the Marvel comics start to come back, maybe we'll do an episode recapping everyone on what has happened since. Because I mean, we have someone having Luke's lightsaber that he dropped in Cloud City, uh, which is a huge thing. We have the first ever appearance of a character from the High Republic showing up in a hologram. Like it's some really big stuff. You do not want to miss it. Um, but now I want to head over to our Empire Strikes Back collection which is awesome and is mostly featured on uh, the legend side. But if you go to uh, utini.com slash collection slash ESB, you are going to hear all about the amazing books we have surrounding Empire. Corey, are you ready to talk about these? Uh, yeah, yeah, a show. Yeah, so Corey's going <laughs> to get over that link I sent him. In the meantime, uh, you guys can check out. I have on my little uh, new setup here. I decided to share a couple of the books we're going to be talking about here. This is all visual, so if you're listening to audio, uh, hang out with us on our visual show. I got the new uh, Han and Leia Funkos from the Empire Strikes Back collection. I was very impulsive in buying those, but these are a couple of titles we're going to talk about here. So, number one on our collection. Uh, As we always start out, if we have a novelization, we want to put that at the top. So, we have the Empire Strikes Back novelization by Donald F. Glutt, and our description is as follows. You've probably seen the movie a hundred times, so why not give the novelization a try? You just might enjoy the story in a whole new light, especially if you keep in mind the novel came out shortly before the film was released. So this is how some fans experienced Empire Strikes Back for the first time. Imagine finding finding out that spoiler through a book. Yeah. Like, can you guys imagine reading the Vader father reveal just... In a book before the movie came out. Yeah, I know. And they used to they used to release them like with a little bit of time, um, yeah. But like between the the book coming out and the movie, like uh, I think it was like a, it would release it two or three weeks, maybe even a month before the film was released. I think I can't remember. You guys that, that were around back then, remind us in the, in the comments because it's, it's been a while. But I, I do think it was a significant amount of time before it was plenty. Of, it was plenty of time to read the book. Like I think they released Force Awakens like. A day, day of, before, I think. or day yeah. of, or something. So, because yeah, Mark Thompson was recording it beforehand, and what's yes. funny about the Empire one, especially, is that it was written clearly before they had done all the edits on the film. Because there are some distinct differences in the novelization versus the movie, including maybe the biggest one that Yoda is blue. Like what? Yeah, Yoda's blue in the novelization. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. I've I read the novelization years ago, years ago, but it's been a really, really long time. Yeah. So uh, if you want to see that as long as – let's take that back, shall we? If you want to <laughs> see that as well as some other crazy stuff, check out The Empire Strikes Back novelization by Donald F. Glutt. Uh, Charles, can you tell everyone about our second edition, our second thing? Yeah, number, second, number, number two. two. Let's go with number that. Number two in our, <laughs> in our Empire Strikes Back collection. So number two is Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry. Uh, and our synopsis says The Empire Strikes Back was a big hit, as was Return of the Jedi. But many fans wondered what our heroes were up to in preparation for Han's rescue at Jabba's Palace. Shadows of the Empire fills the blanks in between the two films and gained enough popularity 
to be released in various media like comic adaptations, video games, and action figures. So yeah, Shadows of the Empire, it was it was in a weird way, it was like a multimedia project, right? And there yeah, was the video yeah. game, there's a soundtrack that is actually fantastic that was released that you can still listen to on Spotify or whatever, uh, whatever you use to listen to that. Uh, the book itself is really good. Um, we get uh, Shizor, we get some good Vader, we get a lot of really great uh, story points that I think still hold up to this day. It's actually one of my old, old favorites. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy to think that they were able to coordinate such an amazing media effort. Like before, we had things like the Story Group and had like all these different, you know, giant conglomerates working together. They were still able to coordinate this attack. So if you haven't read Shadows of the Empire, jump on in. Again, Legend Story does not mean that it doesn't matter. It does not mean that it's not awesome. So you got to see that you get some cool Black Sun action. Uh, highly, highly recommend Shadows of the Empire. Uh, Corey. Can you tell us about the absolutely insane book that we've mentioned yeah. a couple times that is number three? <laughs> yes, Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster is number three on our list here. Um, this one is super weird, guys. It's one of the first books that was ever written, um, and a lot of bizarre stuff that does not feel like Star Wars happens. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So our synopsis is Alan Dean Foster's Splinter of the Mind's Eye, written as a potential sequel to A New Hope. That's super interesting. It's a fa- fascinating look at the direction of the Star Wars saga may have gone. After crash landing on a jungle planet, Luke and Leia once again find themselves pitted against the Empire, but before they can escape, they must investigate local rumors of something known as Kyber? Is it pronounced yeah. Kyber? Yeah, it's like K A I B U R R. It's like Kyber. Kyber crystal, an <laughs> object which Darth Vader also has a great interest. So uh, that is super fascinating that they introduced the concept of Kyber crystals all the way back then. One of the first books ever written was Splinter in Mind Eye. And here we are, like back with uh, Rogue One, completely re- re- bringing that entire idea back is, is incredible. Well, and, yeah. and in the vein of Solo, the Make Solo 2 Happen movement tomorrow, remember the, the planet that it takes place on is Mimbin, which is the mud planet right. where we That's saw right. Han fighting for the Empire. So there's actually a lot of ties back to that. And the whole, the whole story behind how it was a potential sequel, I think is really interesting because it was, it was going to be like their option for a, a TV movie essentially like a tv sequel yeah because lucas was like there's no way someone will give me this amount of money twice exactly and they he's like (laughs) that was gonna flop purposefully made it like this misty mud planet so that like the the sets and everything they could make for literally dirt cheap (laughs) yeah uh cheryl cheryl makes a great point in our chat uh a great legends look back episode on splinter of the mind's eye oh yeah that's right head over to our patreon feed uh all our Guardians of the Wills, you have access to that. Jared and the crew go hard into Splinter of the Mind's yeah. Eye. Bless their hearts. Listen, one thing I'll throw in really fast since we're already talking about like Mimban and Kyber Crystals and all this kind of stuff is like it really drove me nuts several months ago when uh, when Kathleen Kennedy in that interview said something along the lines of like there's not uh, there's not source material for Star Wars, right? Yeah, like, that beautifully out of context quote that the yes, internet about. And everybody lost their damn minds about and I'm like and everybody was like, yeah, what are you talking about? There's Legends books and all these books, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, they know because <laughs> basically all the small details from all the films are straight out of the books already. So it drove me nuts that everybody took that quote so out of context because like, they obviously are using things as source materials. Everybody yelling on the internet 
was wrong <laughs> about yeah. that. Read, totally. Y'all. The flipping the flipping bass in Solo is called Crispin Bass, named after AC Crispin of the Han Solo trilogy, which a ton of the film was inspired by. So Oh my gosh! Like they use they use the stuff as source material, so you know. Yeah. Great. Hashtag Great make stuff. solo two happen. Hashtag read solo books. That's right. That's right. Uh, number four on our list is this guy right here, which is Empire and Rebellion by Martha Wells, a great Leia novel. Um, it says after their victory in the Battle of Yavin, the Rebel Alliance makes plans to set up a new base on the planet Hoth. Han and Leia set off to gather supplies for the base, but Leia is troubled when she encounters a group of Alderanians who survived their planet's destruction but had resorted to living as pirates. Razor's Edge is a great Leia-centered story leading up to The Empire Strikes Back, which is also super key because we don't get a whole lot of Leia-centric stories. We're getting better. We're getting there. Um, But, like, to have a Leia story centered around freaking Alderanians that are refugees living as pirates is kind of one of the most badass setups I could imagine. Like, how freaking cool is that for her to have to deal with being this new leader in the in the whole rebellion, having to try to set up the entire planet of Hoth as as Echo Base while dealing with the fact that oh my god, there are people that from my home planet that might be alive. That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy, crazy stuff. I, I haven't I haven't read um, Razor's Edge. Like, it's actually on my. On my shelf, <laughs> behind what's, me, but I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. I know that's true. <laughs> uh, to answer, uh, uh, to answer our good boy Jake in the chat says, "Is that Leia book from what was going to be on the Heir to the Jedi trilogy that never happened because they made Heir to the Jedi canon?" Uh, yes. So Empire and Rebellion was going to be Honor Among Thieves, which is a great Han Solo book we've talked about many times by James S. A. Corey, and Razor's Edge was the other Heir to the Jedi was going to be in that grouping, but then because of the canon uh, Disney acquisition, it got flipped. Great little Easter egg there. Uh, Just fine because it's you know it's kind of known as one of the not great books that's been written. So yeah, I'd read I'd you read know. Razor's Edge instead of Air of the Jedi. Professional opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Charles, can you tell us about uh, number five, please? Choices of one. Yeah. So here we've got a Timothy Zahn book. Always great. Uh, and so our mm-hmm. synopsis is. After being forced to evacuate his base on Yavin, the rebellion is in turmoil. It's pledged to overthrow the Empire's iron-fisted rule is dependent upon finding a new headquarters for their operations. So, when an unlikely source approaches rebel leadership, offering the perfect location in exchange for rebel protection from an invading alien war force, it seems the force may be working in the rebels' favor. Unbeknownst to Luke Han, Leia, and the rest of the fledgling rebellion, Mara Jade, the Hand of the Emperor, and five stormtroopers called the Hand of Judgment are on their way to that exact perspective base location looking to destroy the rebellion once and for all. So first of all, Timothy's on. I'm in. Second of all, <laughs> Mara Jade. Done. You twisted my arm. Yeah, I mean, Mara Jade, you've twisted my other arm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about, like, any kind of special ops groups of stormtroopers, I have no more arms. But if I was Dexter Jetster, you would have twisted my third. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic read. The Zahn stuff, you know, it has a Legends flair to it, no matter which of his books you really pick up. Um, but once you kind of know what to expect from him, at least from his earlier work, obviously he's, he's still putting stuff out. Um, it, it's, it's a really fun ride. And Mara Jade is incredibly important uh, from, you know, the things that he's added to Legends and canon. She's incredibly important. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Zahn writing his own characters is obviously where he shines the most, as you're saying. 
and to have it tie into Empire like this is freaking brilliant. Uh, Corey, hit us with another Zon title at number six, please, which is not necessarily uh, as Empire-based as it is Empire character-based. So hit us with that one. That's right. Uh, This one is Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn, and this one I have read fairly recently in the last five years or so. Um, We actually, Scoundrels is one of the first books that Utini like put in book boxes back in the day when we were still doing that. So um, it's excellent. It says Scoundrels is a classic heist story involving none other than Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Lando Calrissian. After Han's reward for helping the rebellion at the Battle of Yavin is stolen, he finds himself desperately in need of credits. So when he's approached about a job stealing back hundreds of millions of credits from a crime lord on the planet Wukar, he jumps to the chance. However, more than a few twists and turns along the way threaten to derail the entire operation and leave Han wondering which of the people standing by his side can be trusted. This is classically the Ocean's Eleven Star Wars book. Yep. And Great description of it. <laughs> it's hella good, guys. Like, it's it's very, very good. Uh, it, 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 it does kind of put into perspective what Han was up to sort of after... You know, like kind of immediately after like a new hope, because it's like, well, he's we see him, he's still with the Empire, like at mm-hmm. the beginning, or he's still with, he's still with the Empire, still with the rebellion at the beginning of Empire. Um, but like maybe he wasn't super loyal that entire time, and I think that's what's fun about Han's character throughout like the era between a new hope and Empire is he's not incredibly loyal, right? Like he's yeah. He he kind of bounces between helping out the Empire and kind of, or, oh my god helping out the Rebellion <laughs> and so by the time we get to Empire uh, he's like totally in and stuff so um, well that's what I love too like the trope that how how many times can Han lose his reward promised to him by the Rebellion yes like he gets paid so many times and loses it every single time uh, and it's great it's a great regular heist story the the twist at the end of Scoundrels is still one of the best twists. In the history of Star Wars books for me, uh, I will say. And Cheryl in the chat is saying she is a happy Zahn stan. So, uh, yeah, you got to stand Timothy Zahn. Absolutely. All right, uh, last couple here. This next book we talked about actually in the book review section of a recent episode of The Living Force. And that is Tales of the Bounty Hunters by various authors. And this says, since their debut in The Empire Strikes Back, bounty hunters have taken the Star Wars fandom by storm with costumes and figurines expressing their love for the popular space profession. If you fit in with those fans and your favorite characters include Boba Fett, Bosk, IG-88, or dare I say Dengar, you do, then you will find plenty of joy in this timeless classic. Um, and we love this book. We love anthology books because they're so unique in the fact that you can kind of pick and choose which stories you want to love. And it brings these like minor characters really into the limelight. And books like Tales of the Bounty Hunters is why you have people who are like, man, I freaking love Zuckus. Suck it, like you know, like you yes. can know that from the movie. But I love the fact that the expanded universe can bring these small characters and make them your favorite person. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. I really love that. When I so random random story about the bounty hunter lineup. When I was interviewing for residency, one of the programs I interviewed with did a trivia night. Like that's how we got to know each other. And the last question that was worth like one point per part of the answer you got correct was name all of the bounty hunters from empire strikes back <laughs> and so my team cleaned up needless to say i i, I got them all absolutely nice. course. but that leads me to the question guys who is who's your favorite bounty hunter oh, Ooh, in that lineup or like of all in, time in that lineup don't throw in like embo and stuff because okay, okay. he might steal the show i'm talking right. about the originals <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm an Aura Singh stan, but let's see here. Um, <laughs> out of those originals, it, it thing is, it's tough because, I mean, Boba Fett is clearly 
phenomenal. Let's let's be honest. Sure. Like, I, he's not one of my favorite ever characters, but he's definitely cool. Out of those, though, I gotta say probably, um, I love IG eighty eight. I think he's just. I love the IG droids. I mean, IG eleven all um, obviously brought them back into uh, into prominence with the Mandalorian. But IG eighty eight is such an interesting character, um, and and kind of goes through all these weird machinations, especially in Legends when he becomes the freaking Death Star for like five minutes. Like I absolutely love that. So I'll, I'll be the IG eighty eight guy. Corey, what about you? Uh, I've always loved Dingar. Like. Like he's super mysterious. We don't really know much about him, but like he's got like the weird robe kind of thing with the armor yeah. on it. I love Dingar, and like I can't remember what which Legends arc that is, uh, what book it's from, where he like drags Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc pit and stuff. Basically, yeah. Like, I can't. I think that's is it the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. I think so. Maybe I can't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love Dingar. He's he's really cool. And Dingar has a cool thing uh, in canon. He showed up uh, alongside um, Afra and Black Kersantan. Uh, in the in the in the regular Star Wars line, so if you want to go back into that, uh, that's the Star Wars comic that again started in 2015 and ended last year. We got uh, some good Dengar action for us there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Charles, round us up with number eight. Uh, there are there are a couple more in this collection, but uh, for right now, we want to do the top eight. What's the last book we're going to talk about in our Empire Strikes Back collection? So the last book is really a collection within a collection. It's the Lando Calrissian Adventures. What? By L. Neil Smith. Uh, so it says, hello, what have we here? Why, it's a collection of novels specifically <laughs> about Lando Calrissian. If you just can't resist the smoothest silk gambler, smuggler, and entrepreneur, don't even try to pass up the Lando Calrissian adventures. This book includes Lando's best shenanigans in the time before he lost the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo. So, yeah, this was, I think of this almost in the same way that I think of the Brian Daly trilogy, the Han Solo Adventures. It was like a very similar thing. Yeah. Came out in a very similar time period. I don't remember which one was actually first or if they were concurrent, but um, it, very Legendsy stories. Uh, even just hearing the, the titles of the three books, uh, like the Star Caves of whatever they are. I mean, it's just very Legends type stories. So, they're a lot of fun. If you need some more Lando, this is probably one of the best options uh, that you have to just get a straight-up Lando story and adventure. So, highly recommend it. Yeah, no question. So, uh, as of now, when it was originally released, like Charles said, it's three different books. Now, you're going to get a book that looks just like this, uh, this beautiful little paperback here. And the three books that it entails, I will, I will read these titles because, Charles, you're right. They're beautifully I can never legends. remember them. They're, they're ridiculous. All right. So for your next residency trivia night, here's what they are. Uh, number one, Lando Carissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu. Yes. Two, Lando Carissian and the Flamed Wind of Oceon. <laughs> and three, Lando Carissian and the Star Cave of Thunbaka. There it is. Oh, like, I knew, I knew there was a Star Cave. Come on. <laughs> they sound like Harry Potter reject like names or something. I swear. <laughs> So the, these were Absolutely. these were taken off of a crumpled up napkin that J.K. Rowling was writing on. Oh yes. my gosh! Yes, Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that I speaking of what you were saying earlier, Corey, about them taking 
uh, a lot of stuff from Legends and putting it in solo. When when Lando is doing his Calrissian Chronicles, that's totally what these are. These are Legends Calrissian Chronicles. These are things that he has done in his past, and he went to these insane planets and found all this insane stuff. He references stuff, one of the. Got to give it a shot. He references one of them. I can't remember what it is, but he directly references something from one of these three yeah. books. <laughs> Yeah, oh. it's it's uh it's it's when he, it's his monologue on the Falcon. Yeah, right? like when yeah, he's when he's, he's, when he's talking about uh he's talking about um uh the 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 it's like a princess or a sorceress or ah man I had it on the tip of my tongue and now I can't remember what it was. Well, <laughs> yes, and, you're totally he, right. Here's the last thing I want to tell you about this collection because uh in the new publication it reveals uh or it features rather a new introduction by Pablo Hidalgo. He wrote a new intro for the book. And he says, these tales of vanished aliens, big bird-like adversaries, and pods of sentient space jellyfish will astonish you and may very well cause you to question their veracity, but that's part of the deal. Because, I imagine, Lando is telling you these stories. The old smoothie is spinning these yards as you sit with him, spellbinding you over the course of a long and profitable game of cards. So, as you read these, as with a lot of Legends books, because a lot of people are like, how do I read Legends now? That there's canon, that there's a whole thing. Pablo is literally telling you right here. Lando Carissian is telling you he did all this stuff. You can believe him if you want. There's probably some truth in it, but there's always a little bit of truth in legends. And I love that about this collection. Yeah, this so uh, folks. This book this book actually was something sent to me from Utini when y'all did the book uh dude, the books in Same <laughs> Yeah. Wow, really? And this the what well, the I'm thinking it's the middle story that has uh that has a crazy droid that I had to look up, and there was just pictures of it that people had drawn because there's an actual picture rendition of this droid that Lando <laughs> runs around with. Oh my god, fantastic! And that, I mean, that's the cool thing about if you want to go into the deep legend stuff about Empire or anything else, the fan art you'll find because that's all there was for years. There was no official art of all these things. Is kind of amazing, <laughs> especially for the more wacky things because the authors were like, I don't know. How many arms will it have? I'll decide. <laughs> yeah, so there, there were cer- certainly less rules back in the day. Yeah. But that, my friends, is the last book in our Empire Strikes Back collection. Again, if you are looking for your next book, if you're looking for your next read or next thing to recommend to a friend, you got to check it out on utini.com. we got collections for everything you might want. But on that note, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and over on Twitch at Utini underscore US, and tune in every week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy some of these books and you want to help support this very show, look up your book on Utini. Click the affiliate link on the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. If you want to help us out more directly, you can find us on Patreon.com slash Utini, or on TeePublic, where our shirt designs are live. If you're on Inquisitor tier or up, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, our exclusive after show. If you're already on Patreon, now is the time to upgrade. If you're not yet an Inquisitor or up, you do have time to make it into the live Aftermath after show where we talk Star Wars and just hang out every week after our live show. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Drew Iberando, Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for your freaking amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DuckStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our producer, and Wes, our host and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for podcasting with me. Thank you for the tech for working this week. And as always, may the force be with you. See you next time. 
There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.